Brooklyn's Radio. Loving events in Surrey. This is Graham Laycock for Brooklyn's Radio at Whiteley Village for the opening of the Whiteley Home Trust Eliza Palmer Hub, a new 30-suite care facility. It's going to be opened by the Lord Lieutenant of Surrey, Michael Moore Molyneux. But first of all, let's hear from their CEO, Chandra McGowan. Welcome, everybody. I'm going to refer to my notes, although you'll be pleased to know I'm not going to say very much. Um, But I do want to just welcome everybody here today and say what a great pleasure it is to have you all here with us, particularly the Lord Lieutenant and his wife and Madam Mayor and her consort. It's a privilege to be able to share with you all the culmination of a vision which started as a tiny spark of an idea that Whiteley could and should be a place to inspire others with its ambition as a charity, to do more to support older people. I could never have imagined on my own how a building could become the physical manifestation for connecting a community, designed in such a way that it brings people together and more especially keeps people who live in it connected to the normal rhythms of daily life. But with hard work, support, guidance and advice from many people along the way, this building does exactly that. It sits in this historic landscape as though it's always been here. And it also reflects the spirit of the community because connecting people is at its heart and it's what we do. It's a delight to be able to share this special moment with you all and a unique opportunity to welcome Whiteley's many friends to witness another step in the development of the village. I'm sure William would have been proud of our collective efforts and be urging us on to the next venture. And on that note, I'd like to hand over to the Lord Lieutenant, Michael Mormolineux, to say a few words. I'm afraid it's going to be a little more than what you've done. Um, Mr. Mann, honoured guests, and the most important people here today, the residents. I've been previously, on many occasions, to attend the SAFRA AGM, which you kindly host, and also attended the Surrey RBL poppy launch here, which is one of the best that I can ever remember. And I'm delighted to be with you this morning on this very special day. And today we celebrate another milestone in your your unique history when we recall the name of Eliza Palmer, the first of the elderly poor, as William Whiteley himself said. Eliza found a welcoming home here in 1917. And congratulations to the residents on choosing an appropriate and and very apt name for this wonderful new building. We know very little about Eliza. She was a retired nurse from London at a time when there was no state pension, no NHS and no support for those with housing needs. How lucky we are in 2019 to have these supports in place. We can only imagine her relief, even disbelief, and delight at being offered a place here at Whiteley Village. Her own home in beautiful, clean air and in a peaceful setting 
away from the aerial bombardment that she would have experienced in London. A village setting with nurses, accommodation planned as part of the built environment, a completely radical and innovative approach at a time recognising that older people do need care as they age. Whiteley Village really was light years ahead of its time. It's quite a thought that in Eliza's lifetime the concept of a nursing home did not exist and that in 1917 was being, and being old was about 50. So it's lovely to have you, madam, here today at over 100. Looking around, I have to remind myself that this is a nursing home and not a five-star hotel. Designed by architects Levitt Bernstein and Francis Roberts, who are both here today, Residents are able to enjoy the comforts of a lovely home with its inviting communal spaces and open kitchens. Their own home-from-home bedroom, the comfort afforded by specialist equipment, wrapped up within a personalised care plan and a wonderful team of care staff. It says everything that the team of finalists in the UK's top 15 Care Home Awards... The results will be announced tomorrow, and regardless of the outcome, they deserve a round of applause for this recognition of their professionalism and dedication to their residents. We have come so far in so many ways since Eliza's lifetime. The light and airy Lantern Café is core to this building's design and purpose. Its prominent location in the centre of the village ensures the nursing home is very much at the heart of the community, life for the whole village, with its doors open to local people from outside who come here to socialise, watch or play rugger on the fields just behind us or walk in the woods. It's fantastic to hear that the cafe is attracting visits from young families who have just started the term at the preschool located in the village, as well as other amenities. These are wonderful examples of how to create an inclusive community to benefit of Whiteley Village and their neighbours. Whiteley Village is actually the most active single provider of specialist care for older people in the borough of Elmbridge, providing 25% of all social housing for this group of people, which is quite a statistic, I think. In the face of ever-rising pressure on resources, the, the Whiteley Homes Trust has seized the initiative to demonstrate what can be achieved with the right team and the right approach. The exciting new phase in the development of the village reflects the increasing pressure for enhanced care provision in Surrey, and I'm especially impressed by the spirit of cooperation and commitment that has drawn together a number of supporting organisations in making this project a reality, including architects 
Levitt Bernstein and Francis Roberts, as I've already mentioned, Builders Castle Oak, Funders Triodos and Unity Banks, Elmbridge Council Officers and Councillors, and Friends of Weybridge Hospital, who kindly donated funds following the closure of their own charity. Eliza Palmer Hub set a new standard of clinical care at Whiteley Village, and it is a powerful symbol of the broader spirit of innovation in improving quality of life expressed across the village. Particularly supported by the Whiteley Foundation for Aging Well, which was created to mark the charity centenary in 2017. It's easy to appreciate the beauty of the Victorian architecture and grounds of the village around us, but the Whiteley Foundation for Aging Well goes much deeper. Its work enables the charity to go beyond its tangible assets of bricks and mortar, not only supporting the village itself, but also creating an international reputation for its pioneering approach in understanding and sharing for the greater good what it means to live well in later life. Foundation's activities include research and partnerships with many academic institutions, including work with the University of Central London into dementia awareness, training and a study with Surrey University on the impact of retirement and how people transition through this important life change. These research programs reuse the real life experience of residents here at Whiteley to help understand ways that could not only improve their lives here today, but will also help will also to help future generations, both in the UK and further afield. I know the Trust has further ambitions to continue improving the support available to older people in Surrey. But today, everyone involved, including all the villagers and the remarkable team of volunteers, can take great pride in the achievement of launching the Eliza Palmer Hub. It stands as a symbol of what can be achieved when a team pulls together to improve the world around them. And on that note, I would like to officially declare the Eliza Hub open. Well, uh, good morning, everyone. Um, I'm going to be brief, but uh, Lord Lieutenant, Madam Mayor, distinguished guests, friends, colleagues, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to you all. So on behalf of my fellow trustees, I would like to thank you in particular, my Lord Lieutenant, for performing the opening ceremony of this magnificent building which is, as you say, another milestone in the history of the remarkable village at Whiteley. And to all of you here who have taken time out to celebrate with us. You may know that this coming Sunday in our church we will be celebrating the memory of William Whiteley, 112 years after his premature death. I'm quite sure that in celebrating his original gift to us, 
he would absolutely join in and applaud what has been achieved here in looking forward to perpetuating his vision through the delivery of the Eliza Palmer Hub. I'll emphasize some of your words, sir. Nothing could be more relevant today in society than giving respect and dignity to those in need of care as they enter and enjoy their latter years. And I thank profoundly all the partners involved in the delivery of this facility. As always, there are a few but important individuals and team thank yous that I must record, and please don't be offended if I don't name you individually, uh, but you're here. To the trustees, and Peter Wilkinson, I'm delighted that you're here today because you are very much part of the driver of this vision, together with Chandra and the other trustees, who developed... developed and backed the vision of the hub as part of our strategy of a sustainable model of care for the village. To our designers, our engineers, who turned the vision into reality. In particular, Dominic Roberts, Irene Craik and Paul Beardmore. To our project director, Ian, I know he's here, I've seen him. Ian Thomas, <laughs> ably supported by my fellow trustee Mike Tolley and our colleagues at Clutton's. Thank you to you as we've referred to our funders, Triodos and Unity Bank. Without them, we could have not have funded this project of our own balance sheet. To the craftsmen of our builders, Castloak, led by their project manager, Dean Hamblin, who have delivered this complex project to a very high quality and within budget. Um, and I'm delighted to report that. We're a bit iffy on time, but we got there. Um, and of course, the brilliant and absolutely vital support of Ray Lee and the Elmbridge planning team. And we very much look forward to working with you all on future projects. And for Elmbridge, being a key partner with you uh, as you look at your uh, local plans for the next 15 years. We've heard the statistics about how important we are to Elmbridge and I think we're going to have a wonderful partner with, partnership with Elmbridge in the future. Finally, and this is the really uh, great part of my thank yous, because they are the stars of the show. Um, you can't believe the heroic efforts of all our staff, particularly our nursing and care staff and the transition team, led by Rachel Hill and Pam Hall, and I see Pam's here today, and uh, Rachel, who has our lead on nursing. They have provided superb support for all our residents in making the transition for what I would call the crumbling surroundings of Whiteley House as smooth as possible. Always, and this is so important, if you get the chance of speaking to any of our residents today, which I've just had some delightful conversations with some of them, that our residents, their loved ones, are absolutely front and centre of all the decision-making. Care is what we are all about. And our staff and colleagues working in the Eliza Palmer Hub are here to do just that. Thank you.
And I'm now with the Lord Lieutenant of Surrey, Michael Moore Molyneux. Good afternoon. You just officially opened the building. Yes, and uh, a very exciting occasion uh, for this very special building and for Whiteley Village itself. Absolutely. It's amazing history it's had, hasn't it, since uh, 1917, I think it was. And it's changed a, a lot in, in that time. When you think back to the, to the health of the nation then and that uh, nursing homes were, were unheard of in those days and, and now what we've got here and you look around you today and you've got an equivalent of a five-star hotel. I know, it's, it's, just it's, wonderful. it's gold standard really, isn't it? Mm. Um, maybe not everybody understands the role of the Lord Lieutenant. Now, you are the representative of the Queen for Surrey. I'm uh, Her Majesty's representative for Surrey and uh, I get involved with uh, the military, um, regulars, reserves and cadets, the magistracy, um, obviously uh, royal visits, uh, and then areas such as Queen's Award for Voluntary Service, Queen's Award for Enterprise, and both of those areas we're trying to push at the moment because we have so many incredible companies in the county that are doing wonderful work exporting all over the world and likewise we have so many wonderful volunteers in the county and if it wasn't for them so much good work would just not get done and so all we can do to say thank you to them Indeed, I think you know, bringing the community together is terribly important yeah, absolutely. and what this building here is trying to do as well Absolutely isn't it? And also, you know, particularly for young people these days as well, you know, we, we hear of uh, problems in, in some areas and uh, the issues of funding and yep. so forth. Very important voluntary organisations are, are doing what they're doing. And I do think what they're doing with bringing children and young people in uh, is so important because it helps the community as well as the uh, older people who live here. Yes, I can. And... and uh, so it can, it's a win-win situation for everybody. Absolutely. It's lovely to see the, the, the youngsters with the, the older people. They seem to get on so well together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Right. Thank you for talking to me today. Not at all. Great pleasure. And I'm now with the architect of this amazing building, Dominic Roberts. Hello, Dominic. Hello. And uh, the brief you had for this, uh, how did you go about uh, executing it? Well, it's quite a difficult problem because we're dealing with a very sensitive historic location and what we had to do was put quite a big building into a very, very tight area. So there, were already a, there was already a conservation plan in the, in the village showing where things could be built and what we had to do was try and break down that very large brief for care suites, for social areas, for offices and so on and make it a big building appear as if it's always been here and we do that by breaking down the form and making it look like a collection of buildings yes i've noticed that like this octagon uh, restaurant area here it looks almost separate doesn't it and then by actually making the building sit around a courtyard you produce an outdoor room an outdoor space that the residents can enjoy so in a way the relationship of the building to the outside environment to the, the rest of the village making it feel welcoming to the visitors who come to it, making the public spaces welcoming to all, whether you're a resident or someone outside the village, is so important, you know, and that's, that's, you know, it's not a closed care home with a front door, a locked front door, it's a very open building that talks to the rest of the village. 
great and, and though the residents got their own rooms as well they got all the communal areas the lounges yeah. the cafe and what struck me coming in was just the spaciousness yeah. despite what you were dealing with what you say is a fairly confined oh. area well i think the trustees are, have really uh, gone to town on that because uh, the generosity of the building a lot of the buildings in the village although they're nice and very historic they're quite closed in in character this is very very open and approachable and uh and it's a once-in-a-lifetime building, so the, the, the trustees wanted to get it right and to make sure that uh, you know, there is enough space. The worst thing is to have not enough space. Have you done anything, any similar buildings to this? Well, we've worked um, at um, Poundbury in, um, in Dorset for the uh, Duchy of Cornwall, and we've done some extra care apartments, uh, which are a type of uh, modern type of sheltered housing with communal areas for the residents, so the residents can live independently or they can take part in in um, group activities and so on and that fits into Poundbury very well as well so it's uh, if anyone wants to commission us we're ready to yes. design uh, plenty more yes and, and of course the Prince of Wales is very much involved in that yes the Prince of Wales is involved uh, a patron of the charity I believe yes, and, yes. Uh, so the the trustees uh, brought us in uh, through the Prince's Foundation and the Prince's Foundation has been involved over many years with the idea of building community, uh, making buildings fit into their context. Uh, and we're, we're one of their uh, main, uh, well, we've been nominated for a number of schemes in, in, in relation to that. Excellent. And I noticed the exterior of the building then, the red brick yes. and, and matching obviously the surrounding yes. historic buildings. It's a very um, special brick. I mean, if you look around the village, the, uh, the brick is actually two inches thick. Really? So a normal brick these days is um, nearly three inches thick. So you get, so in the village you get this very special texture of materials. So all the bricks aren't the same, but they, they do have this very uh, a nice quality, almost a Roman quality, a thin, a thin brick, which gives the place its character. And we've managed to find a brick that matches and, uh, the soft effect of the rest of the village. And we've also used uh, modern interpretations of uh, traditional arts and crafts, architecture techniques like tile hanging, pitched and hit roofs, dormer windows, chimneys, to give a picturesque effect and a really nice kind of silhouette to the building. I think it works really well as a characterful building. Actually, it does, it's really yeah. striking, I think, and, and fits in so well with the surroundings. Yes. Well, thank you very much for talking to you today. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And I'm now with Anne Kavanagh. We've come up to uh, one of the residents' rooms. And uh, shall we have a bit of a look round then? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So this is, I think, as close you could get to a, a bedroom at home. It, it's a really beautiful room with a lovely um, triple aspect window. It's a bay window as well, <laughs> Sorry, I noticed. a bay window, I should say. A bay window with pretty curtains, lovely view out over the trees and the, the grass outside. And it's a floor-to-ceiling window, which means that, you know, it's very easy to look out of. And that's the wonderful thing about this building. Wherever you are, in any room, when you look out, there is a gorgeous view. It's, um, you know, it's very well designed. Very then, isn't well it? designed yeah. to really connect people with the nature that's all around them, and to make sure that people don't feel cut off. And um, it's a very so spacious, light room, isn't it? As well, there's a table by the in the bay with uh, uh, an easy chair to sit in and uh, look out. And also, you say if you're in bed, you can with the windows being floor to ceiling, 
you can look out over very easily outside. Um, absolutely, and you can raise and lower the bed um, very easily. There's a little kitchenette area, there's a TV on the wall, there's a desk and chair um, to sit and write at or read at or to use for you know, putting photos of your family and some of your favourite ornaments and um, you know, lots, lots of space and just a real feel of a home from home. Mm, and also a, a, an ensuite as well yes, with all the facilities. We have a lovely ensuite bathroom with um, a walk-in shower, which is very easily accessible. So it's all on a single level. There's, you know, no. It, it's almost like a wet room approach. So very easy access um, for people whose mobility might be restricted. Right, marvellous. Let me um, let me take you now to the um, open plan kitchen and um, and dining area. Right, okay, yes, so each, each person can be in their own room when they want to be, but can come out into the communal area. That's right, so on each floor, each of the two floors, we've got these lovely um, open areas which we're now into. We've got gorgeous-looking furniture, very comfortable sofas and single chairs as well, a huge screen TV, um, and all of the bedrooms open onto this space. Um, and again, you'll see that all of them have got very, very easy access. So somebody can come out if they're in a wheelchair or if they need a frame um, or even, you know, the, the beds can um, can come through the doors to bring somebody out and join in with a party if that's what they want to do. In fact, we have a very special party going on here today, I can see over there. And that's for the very lovely Frida Hodgson who is 106 today. My goodness me. <laughs> and I can see her grandson, who I've met before, and he's um, here from Singapore. And there are family members from South Africa, uh, from all over the UK, and we can go and meet them if you like. That'd be a good idea. Let's go and meet Frida. And I'm now with Frida Hodgson, who is 106 years old today. A very happy birthday, Frida. Thank you very much indeed. And they brought the sun out for you today. It's a lovely day. It is. It's like Africa. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, I know you, you, you live here in this new building now. Do you like it? Yes. <laughs> Getting used to. And all the things. When we moved, I had to go out to dinner on other new ones. And they had wooden boxes. And if all my things were thrown in there oh, and right. moved to the dungeon. <laughs> oh dear, right. Anyway, it takes a while to settle in, doesn't it? But it seems like a lovely place. It is. I'm very lucky to be here. Now you have an amazing story, because I'm told that you were a debutante who met Queen Mary at the age of 16. Yeah. I was a debutante. My aunt had presented me and we had in a long queue and in our queue to town came up and we my aunt went first and then I followed her and uh, she couldn't move because I was standing on her train <laughs> <laughs> so one of the important people came up and said you're standing on your aunt's train so I had to quickly move off and then we weren't allowed to look up and see all the other royals. It was disappointing. I hoped to see a lot of them. But I had my head headway down all the time. 
And then when all everybody's been, we then made a passage for people for the world to go through to their room. And well, we just had a stood at a table and a buffet. And uh, the Queen recognized, she was very good. She recognized my aunt, who she'd met as a charity. They'd become good friends. And so she stopped everything and talked to her. And she then is this your daughter you're presenting? She knew this is my brother's daughter. And uh, she, she looked me up and down and said, What did you say? You look very charming, my dear. Oh, I say that's a compliment from Her Majesty. Yeah. Did you have to curtsy? Yes, I did. And they all went through and they went off to their silver plates or whatever it is. And we joined an Air Force family and we had lots of fun. And what did you have in your hair? Uh, three feathers. Three feathers in your hair? It's about yes. Quite a moment, wasn't it? It was a moment. I was really lucky you had it. Now, I believe you, you spent many years in Rhodesia? I spent 45 years. I saw the good and the bad. I'm sure, yes, yes. Uh, towards the end of difficult time, I imagine. My son, he was, he'd just come from school and uh, he hadn't got any transport yet, not even a motorbike. And so we said, all right, we'll get a transport for you. So we went at the back on the road to his sister, that's my daughter, granddaughter and I I know there were three of us who hid in a ditch and when <laughs> when the car was coming by and the distance coming she got out on the road and showed her leg if it wasn't for her it was for Richardy who hadn't got trouble she said I'm awfully sorry I've cheated you that's uh, it was really for my son who hadn't yet got transport just left school he's got a job down this way he said oh that's fine because I passed your place when he's going to his farm so I to get Richard and Tisha and I all got out of the ditch (laughs) (laughs) dear oh dear so you were you were a tobacco farmer I understand um, no, not really, but I had a lot to do with it. Ah, right. Richard had 20 barns, and I was with him when poor Armand Black came out to tell him he got to get out of his farm. They'd give him 24 hours. He said, I can't possibly do it at all that place. And I've got um, all my tractors and this had and the other to get to disposal. They won't be able to do it. So they went backwards and forwards, back and forwards. And they got fed up. They said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll give mm. a one-way ticket to England. Meaning, of course, that he couldn't come back ever. So he didn't say anything, but we walked into the house. 
and uh, then he went to look at how to drive the bike because he knew he had to get out eventually. He must have somewhere to go. So he went to the agent who got him things and the agent found him a house that was very suitable. But he couldn't have anything in his name, otherwise it would be taken. So there was this farm, and the Africans didn't know how to farm. No, no, that was the so they, had, they, they employed Europeans. And so Richard used to go out four days a week to help. So it, it wasn't in his name, it was in a rich yeah. African. So that was all right. So you uh, eventually came back to, to England then? We realised there wasn't any future in Rhodesia. So we go back where we had friends and family and could start again. But it was awful, leaving your pets, leaving... You weren't allowed to take anything. Your bank accounts were closed. You couldn't take money. Luckily, we had still a lot of relations in England, and two of them came to meet us. So that was better. And they said, yeah, you're coming back home with us until you get a job. So we went back with them, and it wasn't long before we were working. Husband got a job looking after the buildings, outside the farm buildings. And uh, I cooked in the house. So. And who did you cook for? Oh, uh, you had a very special VIP guest who you cooked for, the cousin of, of the lady of the house. Do you remember that story with the Queen? You you used to cook supper, private suppers for the Queen. Oh, well, when the Queen came out, and, and, and she came about once every five weeks, I suppose. And Philip with her, and uh, she sat down with the family for her supper, and uh, the dining of the chauffeur who brought them down used to come to the kitchen and have supper with us. Really? All right. And, uh, it was quite fun, really, because he used to tell us all the funny stories of having people, peculiar people that say the bugging about <laughs> My goodness me. Did she have any favourite food? No, I didn't think she was quite easy. But nicely served. And, uh, but on her birthday, she used to, all, all the royals, it was uh, a command, had to come. And, uh, I don't think many outsiders, the whole family. And I had to cook for them, big meal. But they I managed that, all right. But I didn't speak to her then. I, and one day, <coughs> the owner of the house asked me if I could cook an omelette for him. And I found that he was manager 
general office or a hotel and carriages and a lot of places. So when I pushed the omelette through the hatch, I said, not quite all of the boy. Very good, very good. You've had some real experiences, haven't you? I believe you've been at Whiteley Village for a number of years. Oh, uh, in the villages, about... 30? All told. Yes, all told about 30 years here? Yeah. We were 14 years in a nursing home, and we had all the years before in a cottage, where we invented the putting club. It was great to do because they were only allowed to use one club. It had to be a putter. Uh, doing <laughs> drives, sorry, yeah. with a with a putter. <laughs> oh dear. Oh right, that was a bit difficult. They which won't go because important golfers will turn their nose off while it's playing with a putter way down. He said, "Oh well, just wait and see." And I knew because you always often had ideas and they turned out all right. <laughs> and they did, it became the second highest in the, in the club. Really? Right. So we're known for that. Good. It's a lovely uh, sort of community here, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I must ask you this what do you put down your longevity to? Easy. Sevens. Keep going. Yeah. Well, it's lovely to talk to you today on your 106th birthday in your new surroundings, and I think you're now living like a queen here. Uh, yes, and we've got a lot of my family coming this afternoon from all over. So, where are they coming from? Well, mainly working in England, town being. But they're coming from Singapore, from Australia, from South Africa, anywhere all over. Right, amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a very expensive journey in the long. <laughs> yes, the whole world's coming to see you today. Mm. Well, again, thank you so much for talking to me today. Very happy birthday, and here's to the 107th. I get there one day, I hope. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Keep going there. And we're now in none, another one of the rooms over here. This one's overlooking the uh, the rugby. Exactly. It was prime viewing for somebody who might like a bit of uh, team sports here. Yeah. So there's a lovely view over the rugby pitch. Um, the same kind of layout as the previous room, so very light and spacious. This one has beautiful kind of lilac-y pink painted walls. It's got the same walk-in um, wet room with its own easily accessible shower. But this one opens right onto the communal um, eating and lounge area. So, as you can probably hear a little bit in the background, it's lunchtime. Um, there are people out there having, by the looks of it, really enjoying their lunch with um, meals that are cooked for them by um, a private chef. We've got a chef on each floor. And the whole emphasis of this kind of um, aspect of the design of the building is that we really want to encourage people to interact with each other as much as possible. And so many friendships can be made over chatting at mealtimes. And mealtimes are a very, very important part of, of 
the day and the rhythm of life and we're very much focused on wanting to keep people who are living in this building connected with the rhythms of life that's important isn't it i I think people like to have a, a regular routine don't they that they can understand absolutely they do and you know when even if you've got very advanced nursing needs like most of the people or care needs i should say um like most of the people in this building it doesn't mean that you should be to weigh in a bedroom life is beyond the bedroom doors the lovely aspect i can see from this is that you've got uh, these huge glass doors sliding doors patio doors i suppose i call them they're so big leading out onto a balcony uh, with a glass screen so you can look straight out onto, onto the uh, quadrangle outside. Yes, exactly. So that looks down onto the, um, the courtyard garden and onto the Lantern Cafe, um, which is where you were earlier. And the Lantern Cafe is a real hub of the village, not just for the people in the Eliza Palmer hub, but for the whole village itself. And also for the many people who come and visit the village, uh, whether that's coming to watch their children play rugby at the weekends or if they're playing rugby themselves, um, people whose children are at the preschool that's in the village or at the newly opened uh, forest school that we've now got adjacent to the allotment. So we're very much wanting to encourage people from the wider local community to come and pay us a visit and use the, um, the lovely cafe facilities that are open all day. I guess that was an important aspect of deciding where to put the new building. Absolutely. What we wanted to do was to make the, um, the Eliza Palmer Hub and the cafe very central to the village. It's not tucked away somewhere on the periphery. This is at the very heart of the village where it belongs. Um, so regardless of whether you're living independently in one of the almshouse cottages or if you're in the assisted care apartments in Huntley House uh, or if you're in the Eliza Palmer hub here where you might have more advanced care needs, everyone is is treated um, with the same amount of respect in terms of interacting with each other and nobody's tucked away. Right, well, thank you very much for showing me round, Anne. That's my pleasure, Graham. You're welcome any time. And I'm now with uh, Chandra McGowan, the CEO of Whiteley Homes Trust, and uh, a great day today for the Trust. Fantastic day today. It's, it's the culmination of a lot of hard work over the last four years, but it's been wonderful to see it through from just a hole in the ground and an idea in a head to what we've got here today. Yeah, I mean, how, how did the idea come about? Well, we always knew that our original nursing home was getting the worst for wear and would need replacement quite soon. And one of the things that the trustees asked me to do as soon as I arrived six years ago was to look at how we might replace that facility and to do it in such a way that we were looking forward and being innovative about the way we would care for older people in in a nursing facility. So that was the challenge. And when we put pen to paper and started talking to people, we came up with a whole host of ideas, which gradually came to fruition in the building of the Eliza Palmer Hub. And it seems to me more like a hotel than a nursing home. I mean, did you did you see other buildings and get other ideas from what people had done? We did. We did get lots of ideas together. And what we absolutely didn't want was for it to be looking like a hotel we want it to be a home and I think in the early days of us settling in uh, we've got more to do to give it a homely space but in terms of the space itself we were convinced we needed good open spaces nice light in every room 
big uh, opportunities for people to come together uh, and congregate uh, and be part of life that was going on around them. So those were the key features when we started designing that we wanted to incorporate into the building. Right. Did, did, did the first design tick all the boxes or was there a lot of iteration, well, I imagine? There were, there were lots and lots of iterations, in fact, over many months of iterations. Um, and, and the final bit, putting the cafe on in the shape of the octagon, which is obviously our symbol, given that the whole of the trust is built around an octagon shape, uh, was the final icing on the cake, really. So it all came together at that point. Right, and uh, obviously trying to get the rest of the community in as well, the, the, the local play school, the, yes, the sports facilities nearby. Yeah, we have a lot of people who use our facilities. We've got 225 acres of land here. Quite a lot of it is woodland. Uh, And it's a fantastic safe space for people to come and walk, uh, for children to come and play, and for people to do sports uh, with their mums, dads, and and the whole family. So it's a great community facility, not just for the people that live here, but for the wider Hersham, Walton, and Weybridge communities. Francis, can you just tell me a bit more about, about the trust then? Yeah, the Trust has been here for over 100 years. We were left a million pounds in the will of William Whiteley, who, when he died, left that money to, in his words, house the aged poor. Uh, At that time, there were no things such as housing benefits. There was no support for people who needed care. There was no NHS. And obviously, it was important to provide housing for people who had been in tied accommodation or working in jobs where uh, they didn't have their own accommodation themselves. So came to retirement uh, and had nothing to go to. So at that point, the village was conceived, and it was meant for lots of older people in their old age to come and have some comfort and some care and to be looked after by the charity in terms of providing a roof over their heads. And that's how we started. Right, OK. And I guess all this costs a lot of money. Ah, yes, it does. A a, a very uh, pertinent question, I have to say, given today's um, current um, uh, issues around the finances. And most of our residents who live here today are all eligible for public sector benefits, either in terms of support for their housing or their care needs. And obviously that means it's a very tight cash environment for the trust to operate in. And um, some of the things we will want to do in the future is think about the use of our land and whether we can bring in more income through the use of our land in creative ways, but also whether we might do more for people who can afford to pay for their own accommodation as well. So we have to think of different income streams as we move into the future. Right, and, and uh, in terms of funding the building here, presumably there's a loan to repay now, is there? There certainly is, absolutely. So we had some fantastic support from Triodos and Unity Banks. They were very supportive in helping us put together a loan deal that would mean we could repay that over a number of years. But obviously now having that debt sitting with the organisation, we have a big responsibility to ensure that we can not only care for our current residents and repay that loan, but also plan for the future too. So there are very many um, pulls on the amount of money that we get into the organisation and what we do with it. Well, well, thank you very much for talking to me today and for inviting us to your opening. And uh, it's it's a splendid building. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you here. And that completes Brooklyn's Radio's coverage of Whiteley Home Trust's opening of their new Eliza Palmer Hub at Whiteley Village, a marvellous 30-suite care facility. Brooklyn's Radio. Loving events in Surrey.